And there he goes. Coast to coast. Can he make it? Yes, he can. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the show. We are Green Dot Daily, Action Network's daily sports betting show. I am your host, Brendan Glasheen. We are here every weekday. This week, we are here tomorrow, also Friday. No Thursday show, but we're here for most of the week, starting at noon Eastern, streaming live in the Action Network app. That's pretty cool. Also, live on Action Network HQ Twitter and YouTube. Green Dot Daily is presented by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ACTION when signing up to get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Terms and conditions apply. Big show. Big, big week here for Action Network and for all of you sports fans. Coming up in the show, we have our Wonder Goal podcast members, BJ, uh, not BJ Cunningham. We'll get to that later. But uh, Michael Leboff is joining us as well as Anthony DeBundo to break down the World Cup, the latest there. Kai McEwen from Three Man Weave has a couple of picks in college basketball. The Buckets podcast has NBA thoughts, Sixers and Nets playing tonight. Maction from Mike Calabrese and also a social update from Tim Kalinowski in the latest uh, about his relationship and his mother. That is later in the show. But uh, but first, we welcome in the duo from the Favorites podcast, as we always do on Tuesdays, Chad Millman and Simon Hunter. Fellas. Busy week. Uh, we will get to your show that you've got coming up later today that's live and your uh, audio, of course, that will be out tomorrow. But we've got three games on Thursday that we're looking forward to. It's a pretty good card for Thanksgiving. Games that we are going to feast on for Thanksgiving. Chad, you're going to start us off and you've got a pick for the late night game Thursday. Yeah, I can't promise anything as interesting as diving into the depths of Tim and uh, his mother's relationship, whatever that's going to sound like, but I'll be sure to stick around for that. I am going to give you one pick that is a surefire way to get you in bed after a long day with family, a long day of eating. You're going to be tired. You're going to have to unbutton your pants. You're going to be sitting on the couch. You're just want to, you're going to want to shut it down. Bet the Minnesota Vikings minus one and a half at plus money in the first quarter. You don't think this team with the offensive weapons that is has is going to come out firing to try to get the taste of that blowout against the Cowboys out of their system. Of course they are. And are they playing a team in the new England Patriots that has only scored 15 first quarter points that hasn't scored a touchdown in the first quarter this year. They are Minnesota Vikings minus one and a half plus money, win the first quarter, go to bed. Wow. Wow. So don't even stay up for the rest of the game. Don't need it. You'll have already won. Simon, we're not about watching football here. We're about cashing tickets. That's That's what we do. This is true. And it'll be a long day. You're right. I went to bed. I went to bed at halftime of of the Niners game last night. I mean, it's a game that probably deserved that. I mean, the halftime show is kind of cool in Mexico City, but fair enough. Simon. Simon, you have a response to this pick with uh, a play on the other side. Yeah, I have a bet for people under the age of 50 that you can stay up for. Uh, <laughs> Patriots plus three. One of these bets that I love it when, uh, you know, these kind of games happen where, you know, Minnesota, they just got embarrassed. I usually want to come in on that side, right? Like they're going to bounce back in a position where they're at home. But we got a gift from the gambling gods. We have Kirk Cousins in a primetime game at home with a bad offensive line. Their offensive line is banged up. They have major injuries across the board. Again, they're all pro. 
tackle is out. Like he got a concussion last week. He came back this week, got a concussion in the first quarter. There's no way he's going to come back on a short week. Two concussions in two weeks. That's a big deal against an all a defensive line in the Patriots. I have graded as my third highest defensive line this year. Again, not a lot of people know this. The Patriots defensive line is incredible. Like this year, the numbers are skewed a little bit, right? They faced Zach Wilson twice. That's going to skew the numbers a little bit. But every other game they played, they've really dominated teams on the offensive line, unless it's a running quarterback. So unless all of a sudden they have Justin Fields on the other side of the ball, I'm not worried about this matchup or an old man like Kirk. He's just not going to be running. He's just going to take those sacks. So the injuries to their offensive line to me is too much for this team to overcome. Also, I think everyone's kind of realized at this point, the Vikings are good. Are they eight and two good? No, they probably got a couple of wins uh, uh, across the board here. They shouldn't have had. So to me, the, this number should be closer to a pick with all the injuries. The fact that it's bumped up so much is kind of, I guess, the betting public uh, going off what Minnesota has done this year. And the fact that Patriots offense hasn't played that well, I can promise you, going from the Jets defense to the Minnesota Vikings defense, that's going to be a big difference in how this Patriots offense looks. We've seen the Patriots, they play well against every other team, but that Jets defense, that defense just plays well against them. So I'll buy a low on a Patriots team that people think got lucky last week against a Minnesota team that's just banged up. Too many injuries for them to overcome. So give me that plus three. Yeah, this isn't a mobile quarterback situation for Belichick like we saw the Monday night game with Justin Fields. That always presents issues to to Belichick. Lamar Jackson was a struggle earlier in the year, but guys that sit back in the pocket, see Jared Goff in Foxborough earlier in the season, and even Zach Wilson, as you mentioned. And, and Kirk Cousins, you, you mentioned it. Primetime Kirk, 10 and 18. Again, uh, straight up, 11 and 17 against the spread. Kirk Cousins at night, third least profitable on the money line at night. The last 20 years, Matt Stafford, Andy Dalton are the only two players in front of him. Uh, by the way, great, great chirp on the, uh, the folks that need to go to bed early. Uh, by the, the way, Kirk Cousins, maybe he's like me. He just likes to get his rest. He likes to get up early. He likes to get to the gym. We've seen how, like, we've seen the gains, right? We've seen him dancing. He looks fantastic. Like, guys, yeah, but like, that's late guys, night when he's doing that. No, that was that was after a game. You know, he like on the way back, that was an afternoon game. He's getting up early, he's getting to the gym. Me and Kirk, we're practically the same. <laughs> wow. That's that's quite the image. So we got you should you should have brought your bling then. Your your Kirk Cousins bling for for the uh, for the show. Maybe for, for the sure. podcast. Next time. How about a how about a leftover game that we like? Um, going into uh, the weekend, of course, folks love having leftovers and watching football. So it's not just Thursday. We've got a big, a big weekend. Every team is in action in the NFL for this coming weekend. So Simon, you're looking ahead to Sunday and you're going to go to a kind of a smelly dog. Yeah. Got an ugly dog. And again, I can't let it go. Chad comparing himself to Kirk Cousins is very on brand. They're two of the corniest people in the world, probably. So <laughs> I love that you went with you compare yourself to Kirk Cousins. Uh, just amazing. Yeah, give me the Jaguars plus four here. I, I looked at the board early in the week, and again, I, I saw last week this number was hung up there at a couple of books, and I just thought, okay, that's going to be one of the more public sides. Everyone's going to come on the Ravens, just in the fact that the Jaguars are historically are bad. They're just a bad team. I mean, Chad knows we'd probably be up you know, close to the lead in our contest if we just faded the Jags all year. But this is kind of the time of year I want to get on a team like the Jaguars, right? Coming off a of bye week, you see the coaching staff getting it right with that team. Again, they would have covered before the bye week if they just had a kicker. They're a good team. Like they've just had they've had really bad losses this year. And you look at it on their one in the one possession games, they just don't win, but they usually do keep it close, right? They've had some early struggles in the year, but we've seen the last couple of weeks, they've kind of started figuring out their groove. To me, the biggest difference here 
is the Ravens. The Ravens have not looked the same since they've had injuries to the wide receiver position and Mark Andrews. I don't know mm-hmm. what's happened with Mark Andrews, but that injury obviously is a big deal. He just has not looked the same. So you're giving me a team here in the Jaguars that they want to take away the run. And we've seen the Ravens, they've struggled to really establish a run this year. And a team that's struggled to move the ball in the air, that's just a bad mix up matchup against a, uh, a Jaguars team here that they can move the ball. We've seen them the last couple of weeks here. They have been putting up points, right? They figured out their run game. We've seen Trevor Lawrence get more comfortable in this offensive system. So for all the lines that's going to move this week, again, we just talked about the Patriots. I think that line's going to go two and a half. This Jaguar number is going to move. This is going to be a pros versus the public game. It's going to drop to three and a half, maybe the next 24 hours. It's going to be probably down to plus three by kickoff. It's just a classic spot of the public will come in heavy on the Ravens and the pros will just take the home dog at a big number. Again, three, three and a half, those are key numbers. You're getting at four, that's even better. So I'd grab that number now before it moves. If you took the the Chad get out early approach, you could go back to the well on Ravens first half because that has been Lamar Jackson's strong suit, right? Covering the first half on the road, 21-9-1 and against the spread. Yeah. So. Well, listen, that, that would play to my mid-afternoon nap betting habits <laughs> so i normally you know once we're ending the first games the one o'clock games here on the east coast i have a little snack i get a little sleepy i start to doze off a little bit chad you have a dog as well that you like for sunday oh i got a dog that can hunt i'll tell you that right now uh the atlanta falcons are four point underdogs to the washington commanders i don't think the washington commanders should be four point favorites against anybody. We're one game into the Taylor Heineke as the official starter era, and their line is incredibly inflated. Obviously, they got the big win against the Eagles, but then they backed it up by beating a team in which that should have been a trap game against the Texans. They played well, but the Falcons are not the Texans. The Falcons have had eight games that have been decided by one score or less this year, seven of those games by four points or less. I'm not asking the Falcons to win this game I'm asking them to do what they've done every single week, which is run the ball, control the clock, not make mistakes. Arthur Smith, for all the the flack that he has taken earlier in the year for not playing Kyle Pitts, for not getting the ball to Kyle Pitts, he's a very good tactical coach. I like him in this matchup. I like what this Falcons team can do uh, as a four-point underdog against the Washington Commanders. Makes sense that you want to go against Kirk's replacement because you are Kirk. That's right. I'm a little jealous. Kirk's, well, kind of replacement. You know what I mean? Heineke, Cousins, Cousins. I'm with you, man. I get the transitive property, 100%. Okay. Falcons 6-0 start against the number this year, as we all know, and they've they've struggled to to get there lately, 1-4 in their last five against the spread. Okay, fellas, good stuff. I I can't get over some these disses by Simon on on Chad on, on the show today. I can. I'm kind of used to it. Yeah, okay. easy target. Taking, I'm taking slings and arrows from everybody these days. <laughs> Check out the Favorites podcast every Wednesday morning, also Monday mornings. Uh, this week, you guys will be uh, on later in the week, uh, Friday. Pardon me, not when, uh, not Monday, Friday. But you will be live. Uh, show, show for tomorrow goes up in the morning, but you're live uh Today at 1.40, so you can catch the favorites live a day earlier on AMP. So watch on AMP today, 1.40 Eastern. Download the free AMP app and follow the favorites to join the fun live on Tuesday this week. No Thursday show because of the holiday. Gentlemen, have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks so much. You too, brother. You too. 
Chaos at the World Cup. How about Saudi Arabia upsetting Argentina 2-1. Look at that money line number you could have got Saudi at. Argentina now plus 750 to win the World Cup. So they take a hit in their odds. And shout out to the wonder goal brother of Anthony DeBundo, Michael Leboff, BJ Cunningham, who gave out Saudi plus two. Turns out he could have gone all in on the money line, but that is why you, you take the goals and run with it. So uh, congrats to BJ. We are giving him the morning off on Green Dot Daily, and that's why we bring you two in for your reaction. What was your, I guess, we'll start with DeBundo. When you got the, when BJ gave out the pick, how did you compartmentalize? What did you make of the pick? Did you, did you like it? Did you tail it? I didn't. Uh, I, you know, I thought uh, Argentina, I, I wasn't quite buying into the helium and the narrative of Argentina. I know they came into the World Cup 36 matches unbeaten, haven't lost a competitive match since 2019. But there were some flaws, and I think we saw a little bit of that today. Their midfield, it's kind of just, okay, how do we get the ball to Messi to, to do his magic? And I thought Saudi Arabia had an excellent game plan, keeping a high line, making it very compact, daring Argentina to beat them over the top and getting a ton and ton of offsides and really making the game very uh, compressed into the midfield. So credit to them for a good game plan. Of course, there's a lot of variance too. I mean, shots were, were 15 to three. XG was two to 0.2 for Argentina. So you need some breaks some good goalkeeping and some great finishing from the Saudis. But uh, overall, uh, good call from BJ for sure. Uh, but don't I would say don't overreact to, to one match at the World Cup because we've seen in 2010, Spain lost its first match. The World Cup went on to win it. 2014, Germany had a draw with Ghana where they looked pretty vulnerable. They won the World Cup. France drew a match in its group stage. So it's not unheard of for teams to, to not have you know their top stuff right off the top. Uh, but I think you can see where people are a little concerned about Argentina uh, with their flaws. Leboff, per our conversation before we went live on today's show, you're, you're fine, right? Not overreacting to one to one match? You no, know, not at all. I'm just mad at myself. Uh, you know, BJ, Anthony, uh, Steve Petrella and I were talking about the match last night. Um, then I got distracted by an Islanders win. BJ was like, I'm I'm going to do everything I can to not bet the Saudi money line tonight and have some self-control. And I was like, you know what? I'll join you if you do it. Uh, and then we went to bed. <laughs> then we went to bed and I woke up and, and it was 2-1 Saudi Arabia. But yeah, I'm like, I went with Anthony. I think, you know, the group, I think, will still shake out as as we kind of expect. Um, I mean, Saudi Arabia will still be uh, big underdogs in their, their next two matches. And we'll see if, if people will back the kingdom there. But I don't, I don't, I, I could still see Argentina topping the group and, and one of the other two teams that, that we expect to join them just doing it. Uh, these things happen at the World Cup. You know, we talk about that on Wonder Goal, uh, that eventually, you know, something weird is going to happen. One team is going to completely flame out. I don't think Argentina is going to be that team. Uh, there, there's a couple that we'll talk about in, in the, the coming match days that that I think are are more vulnerable to that. Um, but yeah, definitely a uh, a good like cup of coffee for for this tournament. That I think needed one. Argentina plus one sixty now to win the World Cup. They were or part of me to win Group C. They were minus two fifty to win Group C. So it just comes to show how much of an impact that that loss had uh, for them. Okay, let's get to some picks for uh, the World Cup going forward now. For today, Leboff, you have a pick and you're going to a total. Yeah, I like the under two and a half. It's uh, around even money between France and Australia. Uh, let's talk about that Argentina game again, right? Like th- they did score early, but it takes these favorites a little bit of time to kind of feel their way into these tournaments. They just don't necessarily have their best, you know, their best effort right out the gates. We saw it with the Netherlands, took them a while to get going against Senegal. England are the outlier right now. They, I mean, but even them, it took, you know, 20, 25 minutes for them to get going before they pumped uh, Iran for six. And then, you know, even Denmark today, like 
they, they were terrible and they, they've been one of the most hyped teams coming into the, into the field. So I think it could, we could see France take a little while to get going. It's a very physical Australia team. That's sort of like Wales in the way that, you know, they just want to impose themselves. They use their size, make life really difficult when you get into their uh, defending third. Uh, so France also was uh, embedding in new players. They've got a couple big injuries. Kareem Benzema's out. Paul Pogba and Golo Kante are out. Uh, Christopher and Cuckoo's out. Like this, this starting 11 could take some time to gel. So I just think with how long it could take France to get going, I, I expect them to, and I expect them to win this match as the odds imply. Um, but I think you're going to get a great effort from Australia. It's a team that is full of spirit, if, if not talent. Uh, and we could see, you know, a, a nil nil going into like the 60th minute. Uh, and, and you're really just asking France. If, and when you're backing this total, if you're betting the over, you're asking France to do all the heavy lifting. Uh, and I just don't think that they're uh, set up to do that today. Debundo, do you have a lean, any direction, total side? Yeah, I would, I would lean that way too. I think with France, uh, so much of it under Didier Deschamps has been uh, kind of uh, very conservative possession style stuff. You know, they're not going to uh, press high. They're not going to uh, have a ton of excellent ball progression through the midfield or really a plan. A lot of it has been, we're going to be an excellent defensive side. We're going to be very good on set pieces. And then we have Kylian Mbappe, who's one of the best uh, arguably the best uh, wide forward in the entire world. So I think Mbappe is a problem. And I think the set pieces could cause some issues. If Australia sits super deep and just lets France sit in their final third, that kind of takes the problem for France out of the picture. So I will be interested to see what the Australia tactical plan is, but I overall would think that that France should, should take care of business. But again, we've seen with these favorites, they're not necessarily going to all roll like England did uh, in the first, uh, first match. For most of us here at Action Network, we're, of course, in the United States. So some of these starts, these matches are very, very early. So we've got some picks for Wednesday because our show goes live at noon Eastern, of course. So, Anthony, you've got a pick that uh, starts uh, for a match. You have a pick for a match that starts first thing tomorrow morning. Hopefully we can uh, recreate the 5 a.m. magic that BJ had with Saudi Arabia. I'm going to go with Morocco plus a half, uh, minus 120 against Croatia. This number has come down a little bit. Croatia opened as, as high as minus 130. Uh, and market movement has has moved this towards Morocco. And Morocco had the best underlying numbers in African World Cup qualifying. And now they add Hakim Ziyech and Nasir Mazraoui to that. And I think the battle of this matchup really comes down to the wing play. Perisic and Vlasic are two of the better wingers that Croatia will throw out there. Perisic, a bit of a left wing back for Spurs in, in club, but he plays a little bit further forward for the Croats. Uh, Croatia, of course, known for its midfield. Brozovic is not 100% fit. We're not sure what, what kind of minutes he's going to have. Uh, and Luka Modric, of course, the legendary Croatian midfielder, golden ball winner in 2018. But they weren't that good at the Euros last summer. They, they lost the expected goals in all of their matches. They kind of uh, struggled to consistently create chances. It was kind of a struggle ball type of attack where the striker play was a little bit lacking too. So they weren't really like an explosive attack until that chaotic game against Spain. I do wonder... Croatia's ability to get margin here. I think these two teams are a little closer. And so with that draw protection, I'm going to take plus a half on Morocco. But again, I think the wing play will be really interesting here. And I think that uh, it's a, a pretty crucial matchup in a very wide open group F. You know, all four, all three of us on Wondergoal think this group could be uh, could be coming down to the final day with all four teams in the mix. Leave off. It's not quite 5 a.m., but a little, little later in the day, you've got something tomorrow morning. Uh, yeah, the 8 a.m. kickoff. Um, I'm going with Japan. You know, I, I had Wednesday circled as the the, the chaos day uh, for for the first match days of the group stage. Turns out I was a day late, uh, but they're six to one on the money line. And there's some stylistic things that we all like for Japan against the German team. That man, they just they're just going to bomb forward, right? They're going to send ten guys uh, forward to try to attack and and score as many as they can uh, against their opposition, and that works. 
against a lot of underdogs, teams that prefer to sit back because Germany is really good uh, in possession. They're great in the attacking third. But against Japan, a team that makes life really difficult when you're trying to progress into that final third and they like to turn the ball over high, uh, that makes Germany vulnerable behind. They leave a lot of space behind their back line. That's where Japan thrives. This is a, a matchup that I think Japan will really fancy itself and, and its style uh, against the team that not not many people are talking about in Germany, which is a little scary, uh, you know, that, that nobody's really giving them any any love. They're kind of just floating around as, as like a lukewarm favorite. They're sec- the second favorite in the group behind Spain. But I think that they are vulnerable here. And I think the Samurai Blue are, are a team that's built uh, to take advantage of those vulnerabilities. So I like a sprinkle on the money line. Uh, I'm with Anthony too. I, I like uh, Morocco uh, in the morning. And I know he is a fan of Japan. So we're aligned here, which could only mean one thing. Excellent. Well, what, what, what is the one thing? Pain. Come on, man. You got you got yeah, Come on. Better attitude here. No? All right. No. <laughs> Not with the way this World Cup is going. I'm still reeling from Senegal, so you'll have to forgive me. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we gave BJ Cunningham the day off because uh, of Saudi. So thank you, Michael Leboff and Anthony DeBundo for your time. You can find them on the Wonder Gold podcast. And, of course, find them individually over in the Action Network app. Gents, if we don't talk to you again before Thursday, have a great Thanksgiving. You too, Brandon. as well. Is there any chance in your mind that maybe enough time has passed that it won't be so bad it'll be <laughs> in philly come on now i know what i know what's coming um that's part of the part of the game you know philly philly fans one thing about philly fans they're incredible you know they're they're diehard philly you know everything philly whatever it is um i respect that about you know the city it's a sports town i was talking to utah before the game i think it was utah about you know what it's like to play in philly you know it's an incredible opportunity to obviously um, you know, put on whatever jersey it is, you know, that's Philly. You know, it's a, it's a unique experience. Well, this was going to be a good matchup, I think, between the Nets and the Sixers. Philadelphia without James Harden, Joel Embiid, and Tyrese Maxey, all out due to injury. So the money is coming in on Brooklyn. Minus seven and a half right now over at BetMGM. So the Sixers are the, the public fade today. How about the Buckets podcast? They're going to weigh in on this game. The Nets, minus seven. The Nets have been playing a lot better recently. We just got done with that West Coast uh, trip. Uh, Sunday night, returned to Kyrie, and they blew out the Grizzlies. Um, the biggest difference with the with the Nets right now is they're playing defense. And I know a lot, a lot of that is correlated with Kyrie's uh, absence. Um, but I mean, I think... I think as the season goes on, they're realizing their roles. You know, you, you guys have like Royce O'Neal, you have Ben Simmons, who's, you know, playing a lot better, especially in the, the last three games. He had over 20 points in his previous one. He's gearing up. He's getting ready. I mean, a lot of people don't realize he hasn't played in two years, you know, so it's going to take him some time and it's perfect timing right now against a hobbled 76ers team. No Harden, no Maxi. So I like the Nets minus seven. Yeah, man, I like the Kings. This is my second time taking them here on the show. I took them earlier this season, and they did take the loss. So this is a revenge spot for the Kings. Um, I covered it. I, I love revenge spots as well, man. Revenge game, Jay, coming out. They've lost seven straight uh, versus the Grizzlies as well. So the Grizzlies have basically owned them of late. Obviously, this is somewhat of a different um, squad right here, but um, I feel like the Kings going to keep it going here. They're the hottest team in the NBA right now. Six straight wins. I think they'd make it seven here. Um, I hopped on, them, put on the money line on the opener 
favorite plus the money. I still like them at plus one. I do think that they will close as the favorite, uh, and rightfully so, to be honest, which I, I do think that the road team was favored um, as open here. So uh, give me the Kings to keep it going, like you said, like AC said as well. Number one rated offensive um, team so far in the season and over the last five games as well. All they have to do is step up and play a little bit of defense, go out the three-point line, and I see the Kings finally get some revenge over the Grizzlies here. Uh, we're going with Sacramento Proud here tonight, guys. And tonight, the Kings are not on TNT. Keep that in mind. But Jay Money is on them tonight. We now work our way from the NBA to college basketball. We are happy to have Ty McEwen joining us. He's a contributor at Action Network these days. And he's also a part of the three-man weave crew. Kai, what's going on? How you been? Brendan, good. How are you? It is a great time of year, isn't it? Feast week. Uh, We're learning so much about these teams. How great and how awful they are. Yeah, exactly. Feast week, best time of the year. The Maui, can't beat it. PK-85 coming up this week, too. Mm, college basketball bliss. As you as you can see, I brought Maui to my apartment and to mm-hmm. my home studio for Green Dot Daily because I want to feel did. like I'm You look great. Thank you. All right, what do you have for a pick this afternoon on this Tuesday slate? Yeah, the line's climbing here, Brendan, but I'm going South Dakota. They're playing LIU, kind of a weird game here in Fort Myers. It is an MTE, but it's not a really sought-after MTE. LIU is arguably a bottom-five team in the country. Their talent is more like D2, D3 level than it is Division One. Their new coach, Rod Strickland, you might have heard of him. He took over pretty late in the process. LIU fired their coach uh, pretty late in the summer, so he's got kind of a, a late start on getting his team together. Talent's not good. And South Dakota has a lot of offensive juice. I think they can uh, push the tempo here against LIU and make this sort of a blowout. Okay, Kyle, let's play a little game now. We're going to play a game of under and underdog where you're going to give us an under that you like and an underdog that you like for today because it's the time of year. Again, we're still trying to figure out and learn about everybody. And as it pertains to unders, we should not go to Maui because of those soft, friendly rims. So I would imagine you're under pick will not be at the Maui Invitational. Where That's I right. Yeah, we are avoiding Maui, the softest rims in college basketball. We are instead going to Mexico, where Bradley is playing Auburn. I like the under in this game. Bradley has personnel issues. Zeke Montgomery, Jason Henry missed last game. Two starters for them, two of their better scorers. Rink Mast, their big guy, already out for the season, or at least most of it. And Janai Broom is likely back in the lineup for Auburn. So you have Bradley down some scorers. You have Auburn with their big shot blocker back in the middle. Screams under to me. Brian Wardell, uh, coach for Bradley. Fantastic coach. I think he'll try to slow it down, control the tempo. Total sitting at 138.5. Money coming in on the under, according to the Action app. So get involved before that number moves uh, further down. How about an underdog for today? We're going Eastern Michigan. uh, Plus 3.5 in most places. Uh, They have arguably the two most talented players on the floor in Noah Farrakhan and Imani Bates. Bates, of course, everyone's heard of, one of the top recruits in the country a couple years ago. EMU plays with pace. They have the ability to make uh, this game a track meet. They're a very dangerous dog because of that, and they've proven they can be competitive. They competed with Michigan, took Oakland to overtime. Purdue-Fort Wayne about the level of Oakland right now. Uh, I like the uh, the Eagles, plus three and a half here. Very good. That game tipping off shortly at 12.30 p.m. Eastern time. So get involved, folks. Kai McEwen from Three Man Weave. He's contributing to Action Network this year as well with the rest of the crew. Thanks so much for your time. Enjoy the games. Enjoy Feast Week. Brendan, thanks. You too. Okay, we're good on college hoops. How about college football? Maction Tuesday night. Ball State, Miami, Bowling Green, Ohio. 
Money coming in on the favorites. Ball State, a road favorite at minus two. Or pardon me, that, let me start that over. They're a dog. My, my fault. My fault. Blah. Here we go. Here we go. In three, two. Okay, we're good on college basketball. Let's shift to college football. It's Maction, Tuesday night Maction. Ball State, Miami of Ohio, Bowling Green taking on the university. Ohio University, not University of Ohio. Ohio University. Um, look, folks, money coming in on the favorites, the home favorites. Miami minus two and a half. Ohio minus seven. Let's hear from our friend Mike Calabrese and how he wants to play. Maction. Thanks, Brendan. For my favorite play of the max slate here in week 13, I like the Bowling Green Ohio game, and I'm targeting it for a few reasons. First, there's a lot of intrigue in terms of injuries and availability. Ohio's starting quarterback, Curtis Rourke, the Maple Missile out of the Great White North up in Canada, is banged up. He had a brace on his knee. He's a game time decision. If he doesn't go, they're going to go with the, a three star backup in his very first college start that's CJ Harris. He's a good runner. He added an element of that last week in relief, running for 38 yards. But their entire offense at this point is going to run through Bangura, who they absolutely need to have a huge game in this spot to be able to lock up their division title and head to the MAC championship game. How do I think that ends up playing out? I think Bowling Green's going to be more aggressive in the first half, grab a lead, and then I like Ohio to come back and win. It's called a double result, and it pays close to 6-1 to one on that exotic. And one of the other reasons why I'm targeting this is when you break down the second half performances of these two teams, the Bobcats have been great. Their coaching staff has done a tremendous job, particularly in conference play. On this season, they averaged 17 points per game in the final 30 minutes. That's 18th nationally. Bowling Green going in the opposite direction, only 8.9 points per game in the second half. That's 115th. So I'm going to go ahead and fade the Falcons in this spot after a miracle win over Toledo last week. I think emotionally it could be a little bit of a letdown to try to get the full 60-minute effort to put away an Ohio team that at this point is sitting at the top of their division standings and needs this game to punch a ticket to the MAC title game. Mike, great work as always. And as a reminder, you can catch Big Bets on campus. The crew comes together for Maction, as we do every week nowadays. 4 p.m. Eastern time, they will have picks outside of what Mike just gave us for the two games coming up later today. All right, let's bring in our pal, Tim Kalinowski. You can find Tim on our social channels, more specifically on TikTok, where he dives into the social aspects of betting and specifically at Action Network. So we've got a few things we have to address with you, my friend. Um, sorry to hear about Hendon Hooker's injury. Of course, we wish the best to the Tennessee quarterback, but it relates to you and this, it is a time of family and giving and your family is really already, um, helping you and supporting you in this time. Yeah, they do. They do give me a lot, but I got to say first, Brendan, I, my Friday was incredible when I, you're just like me, man, you're calling in Felger and Maz screaming at Felger. I, I was half asleep on my couch and I heard that. I got to say, it really warmed my heart. I really appreciated that. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Well, doing doing some work with the main Celtics, you know, yeah, go Celtics. Uh, yeah. Quick, quick, quick side story, folks. Yes. Uh, Sam Hauser, former main Celtic, now playing for the Boston Celtics. Mike Felger has a little something against Sam Hauser. So I just wanted to call it. It's the first time I've ever, I contribute as, as a part timer right. there yeah. off to the side. Point being. I never, I have not called in once since I've started doing some work there. That was the first time, and it was on an agenda-free Friday. So thanks for the shout. I appreciate it. 
<laughs> yeah, I heard that. I'm like, you know what? He's just like me. I, I can't wait to bring that up in the show. And I made sure not to bring it up in any pre-production or anything. I want to surprise you and hear what you had to say. But as you know, I was watching that in my living room, you know, on TV on Friday. And as it relates to my living room, watching Hendon Hooker go down uh, with, with his injury on Saturday night. First off, they're they're losing to South Carolina. I hate South Carolina as a Clemson guy. And I, I'm sitting there with my family watching the game we like we do every Saturday. And I'm starting to like tear up watching this, watching Hooker, you know, lay down on the grass. And I'm like, I knew, I knew right away because, you know, I've watched enough football. I got a PhD in watching football, right? You know, 24 years of, you know, three plus screens every weekend. I knew right away it was an ACL. I told everyone, I go, they're going to do the little test on the field. I know right away it's an ACL. I, I diagnosed it far before anyone. It was just so upsetting because I have a big, big ticket on Hendon Hooker to win the Heisman, fifty to one. I still thought he could, uh, he could do it if he pulled off some magic. Um, you know, if they, especially with with only one loss and and, and him driving the ship there, it, it. I'm sitting there watching my family and I'm and I'm like, you know, borderline tearing up. They're like, what do we care about Tennessee? You, you know, I they like we know you had some money on them, but you care that much? I'm like, guys, I'm trying to move out of the house, okay? We care about Hendon Hooker in this household. This this household, we should our last name should be the Hookers, not the Kalinowskis, because we were so attached to Hendon Hooker and my future buying an apartment and moving out was tied to Tennessee and Hendon Hooker. So very, very disappointing. And and I do feel bad for him because I am a big fan of him too. How many power strips are in the Kalinowski household? Because as you know, you need to have a solid power strip to hook up multiple TVs, streaming devices, you know, routers, whatever it may be. So how many power strips are in the Kalinowski household? Too many. I, I have like a bag full of ones that I could use different places around the house because I need okay. the ring lights here with the microphone and my computer charger. That's just upstairs. Downstairs, we got another. Then we get the stupid one that whenever the a light goes off, it kills the power and the rest of the strip. Like, it's supposed to be safe. Like, I don't want to be safe. I just want to watch sports. I just want as many TVs as possible. We start a fire in here. I, I don't care. I wouldn't even know if a fire was going on in the other room. I, you know, so uh, to me, to me, I don't care about being safe, but I got a ton, ton of power strips. Elsewhere in the college football world, why should Drake May have a bone to pick with you? He should have a bone to pick with me because I ruined his Heisman chances. I ruined UNC's uh, chances of winning the ACC or slipping into the college football playoff if all things went their way. Because I mushed Drake May like you would not believe. I was on uh, my show with Charlie, Gambling and Rambling, and I was I put out a full public service announcement. Let, hey, start telling your friends. Drake May is going to win the win the Heisman. If, at the very least, he'll be standing on the stage and everyone will be going, who is that guy? Who is that guy? Oh, no, Drake May. I'm telling you, you know, UNC, redshirt freshman. This guy, he's <laughs> unbelievable. I, I kept talking about him. I said, get to know the name. UNC, they even could slip into the playoff because I thought that they would, you know, I had confidence that they would beat Clemson as well because I'm, I'm not very confident in Clemson. Drake May has a bone to pick with me because I mushed this guy harder than you could imagine. He was plus 550 to win the Heisman when I was talking about him. And now I got a better shot of winning the Heisman than Drake May. So I do feel bad for the kid. Hooker, Drake May, bones to pick with me. Walking mush over here, and I'm usually not, but I am right now. And you got you to say it when it happens. Speaking of the Heisman Trophy, a friend of Action Network, Colin Cowherd, has been high on the USC Trojans all year. Colin, Colin, he always has his yeah. points, right? And uh, he's got he's been on Caleb Williams since the beginning. Caleb Williams is now your favorite after that performance the other night against UCLA. He is the favorite at BetMGM to win the Heisman at minus one twenty five. CJ Stroud of Ohio State at plus one ten. 
Um, so it's it's going back and forth right now with Williams and Stroud to be the favorite. And you can, if you look around, you surf around books and it's, it goes back and forth. It, it can go either way here. Um, what do you see going forward based on what you've been uh, looking into with the Heisman? Who might, who might win this thing? Yeah, so obviously uh, my 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 ticket went up in flames with with Hooker, mm. um, and I'm looking at this right now. I'm trying to scramble, figure it out because I was hoping to maybe hedge with my Hooker ticket. But I look at Caleb Williams as the favorite, and what I'm thinking is they got two tough games coming up: Notre Dame and then the Pac-12 championship. This is largely, you know, what we've seen. It's kind of a team award. You know, you got to be undefeated. You got to be, you know, sniffing the playoff. They lose to Notre Dame. They don't win the Pac-12 champion. You know, they. they there could be a loss coming up for uh, for USC and thus, you know, ruining Caleb Williams' Heisman chance, chances. So I see that him is the favorite, and I kind of naturally have my guard up. Like, I'm not handicapping if Caleb Williams is a good quarterback. To me, I'm handicapping uh, USC's ability to, to continue to uh, march on here. So, I, you know, the way I see it, Stroud, much easier path. I think that, you know, with no Blake Corum, another Heisman guy, uh, or actually, I'm not reporting no Blake Horn, but it seems colleges aren't going to tell us anything. So I'm going to assume the worst because of the way he came back into that game. So I just think it's something to keep in mind when you're talking Heisman this time of year, we talk Heisman moments. It's got a lot more to do with the team than we might be inclined to think. So USC is a five and a half point favorite right now for this weekend's yeah, against, game. Yep. Against the Irish. And again, an Irish team that uh, a lot of us have kind of changed our tune since yeah. uh, how they looked uh, early in the season. So no easy path for for USC and Caleb Williams. I, I just find it find it really interesting how that much of a uh, zigzag from, from the books as earlier in the year he was, you know, he wasn't, I don't think he was the, the favorite. Or if not, he wasn't, you know, obviously minus money or, or you know, short odds. Yeah. Well, you mentioned team award, Lincoln Riley being, uh, being there installing a new playbook and getting transfers has been huge. And of course, Notre Dame is still, as you said, they're, they're trending in the right direction. Now uh, walloping our local friends over at Boston college, the poor BC team at offensive line, they were all sick during the week and that proved to be uh, a big issue. So. Yeah. My, my sister goes to BC. She was worried she was going to get a call to go play guard. Cause it was, it was, it might as well have been open tryouts. It's a, feel bad for the whole situation there. And it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I would love to see Notre Dame lose. I think getting some uh, West coast star power into the, uh, into the playoffs would be fun. And I do feel bad because, you know, I feel like Williams's chances with being a West coast team, you know, they don't, we, I hate, I kind of hate buying into it and saying there is a West coast bias, but I mean, a lot of people have not seen enough Caleb Williams. I don't yeah, think. The- the Pac-12 is good. The Pac-12 yeah. is good now. So it is worth yeah. staying up and watching. Maybe the second best conference in college football. I mean, that might not even be an argument. By the way, BC Syracuse under the lights this Saturday. I'll be there. So I'm looking forward to that. Maybe running. Oh, you. my God. My, my family has asked me if I was going. I said, you know what? With all the great games that we got on TV on Saturday, I go, I wouldn't go if Syracuse BC was playing in our backyard. All right. I'm going to be watching, you know, what looks like a different sport on Saturday than those two. Yeah, it, that's a traditional noon kick. The fact that game is under the lights is uh, that's a, that is not fair to, to to other programs around the country. So absolutely not. Tim Kalinowski, thanks for your time. Have a great Thanksgiving, my friend, and um, give our give your family our best here at Action Network and Green Dot Daily. I will. Yeah, they're real excited to watch football with me on uh, Thanksgiving. They're they're real pumped up about it. Yeah, you you might be moving out by Sunday. That 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 could be <laughs> happening. They might kick you out by then. Or kicked out. Happy Thanksgiving to you.
Very good. Uh, Tim, good stuff as always. Follow our show, folks. Uh, Tim has got his show as he plugged earlier. But uh, from Green Dot Daily, we have an account over in the Action app that you can tell or just take a look at all the picks from the show at Green Dot Daily in the Action app. You'll never miss a pick. So picks from today, Chad and Simon on the NFL, uh, Albert and Jay Money, they dove into the NBA. Ty McEwen from Three Man Weave contributing to our show and Action Network in college basketball. Leboff DeBundo also in the soccer world with the World Cup well underway. And Mike Calabrese, again, you can catch him on Big Bets on Campus. They've got Maction coverage later today. So find all of the picks there. Green Dot Daily in the Action app. Green Dot Daily is presented by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ACTION when signing up to get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Terms and conditions apply. That's going to do it for today's show. We are back tomorrow. We're not going anywhere. Noon show tomorrow, noon Eastern, live on the Action app, YouTube and Twitter, if those are platforms you prefer. Thanks to everyone behind the scenes. Our guest today, Brendan Glasheen. So long. Get some green dots. Busy sports day. Have some fun. We'll see you tomorrow.